Tom Bernard Show with JB, Doug Sprinthal, Andy Brand Bernard, the Hackmaster, Ralph Toy Basham, MD, and Alingan Mitra. Our special <laughs> guest, Alingan Mitra, as a matter of fact. We will be right back. And thank you for your patience, sir, oh, by yeah, the way. Thank you. It's, uh, it was a pretty interesting experience. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Alingan Mitra with us in two minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Yep. Doug is here. You want to do a live spot? Yeah. Say something then. <laughs> Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. All right, Doc, you got to pay attention. I'm paying attention. <laughs> We're going to attempt to put the band back together. Oh, we are. We've signed up for uh, the Tour de Cure. We're putting a team together oh, for right. another bicycle ride. Uh, it's to raise money for the American Diabetes Association. I'm going to get uh, sign-up information on the website next week if you're interested. We had a lot of fun last week, although Ralph had one of the funniest lines ever. There was a listener that was riding with us who was really quite slow. Remember? All right. I don't know if I ever told you the follow-up because I, I got to know this guy. The reason is he had uh, very serious kidney disease that it was undiagnosed because I could never figure out why is this guy so slow because he looks like he's in shape. He's in his 50s, and he rides bike all the time. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And he had that. surgery this, this winter, and he's fine. But we're, I'm riding with Ralph, and he looks at me, and he goes, Damn it, Doug! We just got passed by a woman that didn't even have a tattoo. <laughs> Started laughing, so I almost rode into the ditch. So, it'll be—it's uh, June second, first Saturday in June. Uh, we'll get all the information on Walzer.com. If you're interested, you can email me directly at Doug at Walzer.com too. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but th I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oops, we're not back. Now we're back. <laughs> okay, we got a day going on here. There's no question about it. Alingan Mitra with us. He is Acme tonight. And tomorrow night, the show's going well? show's been going well, yeah. Magnificent. <laughs> you guys look like uh, you, you've been through something. It feels like you guys have experienced I'm telling you, it, it, was, <laughs> it was gut-wrenching. It I, was. I, you know, I, I don't want to take all your time up talking about somebody else, but you had, you had met TJ before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was just a, a conversation. He was so incredibly honest and open about everything. It was stunning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, whoa. You know, yeah. You've come in and done the show before. You know that I don't 
sit and go, well, hey, what should I ask you? Write down five things you want me to ask you, or why don't you just do your act, or why don't which you be funny? What most people, people are familiar with. Which what they're familiar with. Yeah. I mean, you talk about whatever you want to talk about. And he went on for an hour and 20 minutes. Rich we'd, people problems. <laughs> we'd, right, J.B.? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say white people problems. No, I said, oh. yeah, you were. Oh. Yeah, you were. I saw that I did not. Out. I said rich. I know some black people that have those problems. Do you? Mm-hmm. Who's that? I had an uncle. Well, he's still alive, but he had those problems. He had that long money? Well, let's put it this, this way. I used he, to love that. Love. Hey, Tom, let me ask you a question. You got that long money. Like, he was the yeah. first, him and his wife, my aunt, were the first black couple in a part of, uh, suburban part Monkeyville. of St. Louis. Where? It's, it's called Blackjack. Blackjack, Missouri? <laughs> the first. Yes. That's where all the white people live? <laughs> That's where Blackjack, <laughs> Missouri is full of white people? Yes. You're making it up. No, I'm God, not. I'm lying. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, exactly. Andy, can you pull that up? Can you actually see if there's a That's town the called guy. Blackjack? Blackjack, Missouri. And yeah. it's a yes. suburb of St. Louis? It's Second su- ring suburb of St. Louis. Louis. Really? Yeah. All honkies. It was. Uh, 81.2% African American. <laughs> and now it's changed. <laughs> oh, well, now the story changes no, a little bit. So your uncle drove out all the white, white people. people. Yeah, <laughs> he drove out all the white people. Oh, yeah, actually, well, he between, put the house up for sale. Between 2000 and 2010, that went up 10%. So, yeah, over time. <laughs> I did but not he... realize that your uncle invented Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, he moved in in the late 70s, early 80s. Nicknamed really? Redline. <laughs> Redline. <laughs> Redline. Hey, Redline's on. So, he had, well, how did he make his money? He worked for. Uh, some engineering company. Was it engineering? Yeah. Well, they got to make money. So, Lingon, did you grow up with dough? No. <laughs> uh, my, my parents came from India, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like a moving our way up situation. My dad started like a business and then Your dad invented, dad invented Red Bull? He invented Red Bull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You guys are familiar. <laughs> Who is the guy? Because the guy from India invented Red Bull, right? Oh, I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was absolutely. thinking that was a random <laughs> reference. No, I'm telling you, Andy, who invented Red Bull? Or, or is he from Indonesia? I thought he was from it's India. kind of like India. Uh, well, they're all. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's I'm like sorry, Indiana too. is like India, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Indiana is a lot in like India. That's um, well, it was invented in Thailand, so it's a bit okay, different. Thailand, so there we go. <laughs> but the guy lives in India. We got the he? right hemisphere. <laughs> uh, nope. He just has an Indian-sounding name, I now, guess. Now, wait a minute. How about five-hour energy? Who invented that? Maybe uh, I got the wrong one. Five-hour energy. Maybe I got the wrong one. A guy in India invented some energy drink. Monster. How about Monster? Yeah, maybe it's Monster. <laughs> it's I don't not know. five-hour. Oh, wait. Uh, Manaj Bhargava sounds pretty Indian. Yeah, that baby! Sounds, sounds Indian. So that's, that's my yeah. dad. That's it's five-hour it. energy. <laughs> Touchdown! I know, wow. you, I know you were jacking people up one way or another. <laughs> getting them all, everybody all except. But that guy's made like billions of yeah. dollars from that. Yeah, from Monster, from five, five, hour five hours. Oh yeah, five hour. oh sure, yeah, yeah. And that stuff does absolutely nothing for me. Does yeah. it really? Me yeah. too. It works for me. I, I have one me. every morning when I get up at three thirty. It's like, oh god. <laughs> I've never had one. Ever. I'm scared. I'm scared of like, I'm gonna get addicted to that sort of stuff, you know. Well, you've got a glass full of like clear liquor, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm fine with alcohol. <laughs> I'm fine with alcohol. But energy. Ooh. No, all I get from it is heartburn. 
For, oh yeah, I could see it would give it you doesn't, heartburn. It doesn't. Yeah, I could see that. Pep me up or anything. Yeah. All I get is heartburn. Me either. Like, honest to God, I tell you, it's unbelievable. So okay, so you moved. You moved from India. Your family. Your, your family. Moved My from family India. did. Yeah, I grew up in Massachusetts. But, yeah. 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 So how how many years ago was that? When they moved. Yeah. Oh, geez. I mean, they moved originally to Kentucky, but uh, that was. Yeah, well, 40. India to Kentucky, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a parallel move. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Four, uh, that was probably, probably 35, 40 years. What did your parents do? My dad started as a scientist, and then okay. when he came to Massachusetts, he transitioned into a tax consultant. Really? Yeah, very different fields. That is a very different field. Mm -hmm. Why do you think he did that? Uh, he had a mind for it. His, oh, okay. uh, yeah, like in Kentucky, nobody was talking about money. And then when he went to Massachusetts, <laughs> his friends were yeah, talking about money. So he wanted to learn about it, started taking some tax classes, and found out he had a knack for it, started a business. You say Worcester, right? Worcester, Central yeah. Mass, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a nice area anyway. And everybody, there's no, well, you can say it. Doug, Doug grew up uh, near Boston. Mm -hmm. Oh, where'd you grow up? Lexington. Oh, okay, sure. Lexington is nice. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his father was a professor. You at can't Harvard's. afford to live there any longer. But <laughs> when we lived there, it was can't afford to live there, but yeah. other than that, you got to start oh, an energy master live there. Yeah, Boston is so expensive. I yeah. am fascinated by by people's histories and their ancestry. Like Doug, didn't tell me for the first ten years I knew him that his father was a Harvard professor, but you know, well, he eventually brought it up. <laughs> and then Wednesday, he was sitting where you are, and there was a guy sitting over there. That starts going after college professors. <laughs> college professors are ruining America. They're the worst human beings. They're all terrible. And I'm like, oh yeah, all four hundred thousand college professors. Not a single are good one in the far batch. left wing. It's phenomenal. They, you, the look then, on your face, like I'm gonna kill you. Know, you know, the timing was perfect because I think it was that night that that professor out in uh, uh, California went after Barbara Bush on Twitter. Oh yeah, you follow this. I mean, yeah. she kind of epitomizes what he what, what he was say. talking about. Yeah. You yeah, can't she, fire me because I have tenure. I, I don't understand why she yet. brought that up. She, did know. you see this? No, no. Barbara what Bush died at 92 years old. Right. And a professor out of Fresno State. Uh, I think she's woman, Palestinian, actually. I think she is Palestinian, yeah. yeah. A Palestinian woman who who's a professor at Fresno State went after her and called her, good. Uh, thank God the witch is dead, and she did this and she did that and all the rest of it. But then she started saying... <laughs> You can't fire me. I've got tenure. I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And she's talking about this personal stuff. <laughs> like, why are you even bringing that up? I don't get this. Yeah, some people just go off on Twitter and online, and you're just yeah. like, what do you? What? What's the point? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah a lot I of people don't. can't handle it. Yeah, they just keep spiraling down that hole, uh -huh. and they can't put stop or pull themselves out of it. You know, the greatest thing about that is that my daughter posted a picture of her baby girl who's about to turn to, so I got a notification, because I don't go on social media at all anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it's a condition of your parole, isn't it? I think it is, yes. <laughs> I, uh, um, so it said, uh, did you see the picture that Alex posted of, of her baby? So I was like, oh, I should check on that. So I have to go on Facebook, which directs me to my page first, and then I can look for her posting, apparently. That's how it works. Okay. I cannot believe the things that people were saying about me five years ago. I was like, holy God. Man, I wonder if it, I wonder if they're still that mad after all this time. Oh, the world's all about you, isn't it? Everything's about you. I'm like, what was that all about? But, yeah, it's uh, we were just talking about – I'd like to get your opinion on this, as a matter of fact, because we were talking, uh, you know, half hour ago about how social media – 
is basically putting everybody back in junior high school. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what it looks like and sounds like. And what did, uh, what was decided that, that social media would just come to an end one day? It's just going to stop because people will not be able to deal with it any longer. Oh, um, I don't know. I feel like it feeds people's like base instincts so that mm-hmm. gonna be, there's a drive for that always until robots take over <laughs> well that's great news thank you Alina. I, well, I think it's an addiction like you know like gambling or mm-hmm. that kind of thing it's you know it's also like like they it's you know it's sort of like the way they make food and they find like the sweet spot for like this is what is going to chemically induce you to eat more of this food it's the yeah. same thing going on with facebook like they are tweaking their algorithm oh, yeah. to make sure people are on it because that's when they collect their data and can get money so that's kind of why uh your boy zuckerberg's in a little bit of trouble huh? <laughs> <laughs> like having to appear before the senate did you watch Congress. any of that no. They, they look like morons. I mean, well, they, most of them US didn't even Senator know what Facebook going, was. Okay, uh, how do you make, how does Facebook make money? And Zuckerberg looks at him and goes, we sell advertising. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of that. Well, those, I, I feel like the Senate is, <laughs> plays dumb because those guys are smarter than that, like senators. Yeah, you would think. Um, a lot of them are attorneys, right? Yeah, and I mean, if you're, if you're a politician, uh, again, there's obvious exceptions, but to get into the Senate, I feel like you're not a dumbo, and you know how you're going to present yourself. So if they're lobbing him questions, that's because they don't, they've got an interest in doing that. That's how... Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you look at the House of Representatives when he went against them, they were much more critical. Yeah. Yeah, they like grilled him a lot more and some of them were obviously just like, How does Facebook work? And some were like, Well, how come the default setting on this isn't for privacy, you know? That is interesting. Why isn't the default setting for privacy? Well, they collect data and can give ads based on the accuracy of their data. But so. I don't like that. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the big problem. Why isn't it on privacy? See, I've never cared about that kind of thing. It's like, you know, if the internet knows that I like certain things, what do I care? Well, it was odd, though, because what were we looking up last week? It wasn't even about us, but we looked up something for someone. And I, the next morning, I got up to do the show, and I go to my computer, and I hit the little button, and ads for this was all over my computer mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even talking about me <laughs> yeah. but I, I guess if you search anything you are going to get immediate results from all those different or companies. email you got a gmail account don't you yeah yeah there was a, there was a case so uh when i wrote for adam ruins everything we did an episode on how you know the internet isn't free like you are the product you're the person whose right. data they're collecting and it was a case where there was this girl or this woman who was uh, lesbian, but she wasn't out in her office publicly. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But the ads that were targeted towards her were like for a gay cruise, and then somebody at the office was like, you know, talking over her shoulder and saw that. And so it kind of outed her. So there's like cases like that where you're like, well, this is kind of, you know, invasive in a way that you wouldn't <laughs> yeah, want it to be. No doubt about it. That's been going on for a while now, though. I remember like probably 10 ish years ago, maybe more, there was a case where um, a girl got sent, like, you know, congratulations on being pregnant, you know, here's some coupons for baby clothes or whatever, uh, to her parents' house where she was living. Uh-oh. And they didn't know, but Target did, because she was buying, she bought a birth control uh, kit, or not birth control, what do you call it, a pregnancy test. Pregnancy test. Yeah. And then she bought something else, you know, pregnancy-related, so according to that data, she was pregnant. Yeah, that's so interesting. So much, so much of the uh, healthcare privacy laws uh, sprung out of 
uh, AIDS testing because people that oh, would be yeah. tested for AIDS, if there was found to be positive, mm-hmm. there was a huge social stigma um, associated with it, and they wanted to bury that so that it, it wouldn't be shared or you wouldn't, right. you know, wouldn't go beyond, you know, the medical office. Is that but, when, is that when HIPAA started early eighties? Yeah. yeah. Your target doesn't have to give a crap about HIPAA. But what you, what you're hap- what's happening now is that. Um, private, personal, sometimes medical information like pregnancy is being deducted from big data. Mm. So that is a, that, so that, that there's certain, there's certain privacy things you don't care about. Who cares? Who cares if, uh, you know, I searched uh, uh, to buy a new computer? I don't care about that. But just because I passively purchased something on the internet, the, the internet might misinterpret that. Yeah. Well, that's the whole problem. Mm-hmm. I have a, one question for you about that though. You know, JB knows this and Everybody knows this. Whenever people attack me in, in the newspaper and say that I'm a homophobic and racist, and I don't ever get invitations from, like, the white supremacist group to join up. <laughs> you know, why don't they send me uh, data? JB, get these people working, will you? See, I get flagged for Viagra, but there's also apparently a lot of Russian women that want to sleep with me. I think right. yeah, well, the databases aren't I meshing perfectly. But, but your example, I, had, I was discussing that whole mess oh with the hall of fame thing yeah and i was like i was telling a friend i said here's the thing that that gets me i said one week he's a racist the next week he's he's um he's an ultra liberal so how can you be one one week (laughs) i'm pretty much everything and then (laughs) i'm pretty much everything in this it's like it just goes back and forth and i said what it is is the people who listen or don't listen or get a snippet and want to pig- pigeonhole you into something. And we do it to each other. They want to pigeonhole you into something, and then they want to run with it because it makes well, them yeah, feel Well, that's what good. happened. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, when you know, a local, the community type of, what would you call, I don't even want to say their name because they'll just, they're, they're all whipped up again. Um, you want me to say it? Yeah. City pages. Yeah. Oh. What 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 kind of newspaper is that? It's, a, it's not a community paper. It's a, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's they're all over the country, and they have, Band listings, and they used to have personal mm-hmm. sections in them. It's right. Okay. So, I was on the air one day. We were talking about, it and, and and one of my sidekicks brought up a, a local uh, public station that's that's like a really community oriented, okay. right? And one of our listeners called it <laughs> called it welfare radio, which I thought was funny, right? <laughs> I mean, it's well, welfare radio is funny. Sorry, I didn't come up with it, but I thought it was funny. So I said, well, who, who's on this thing? And we went down the list, and there were a lot of people from all races. It was all inclusive, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I said, and that what they really hated that I said was, that's what I love about radio. There's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And they interpreted that as horribly racist somehow. And I don't see how that's racist. I'm happy for you because we all get to do this. Apparently, is the wrong thing to say. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. The Red Bull comment, on the other hand. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be right back. Two minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. 
right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Call or visit Flow's newest dealer in Chanhassen. Lakeshore Equipment, 952-474-DOC, or lakeshoreequipment.com, of course. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. The average person, he didn't, I mean, I, I never met him, so I didn't know how, but we're just talking about Will Chamberlain. Uh, there was some video of Will Chamberlain that I saw, and he was standing by Dean Martin and Sammy Davis. And Sammy Davis was a very short guy. Yes. Anyway. But I, uh, to see how big Will Chamberlain actually was compared to a, an average-sized person, it was stunning yeah. how big he was. Well, I'm trying to remember. Was it during like Wilt's time in college where they made dunking? Yes. Like, it was yep. like they, they outlawed. They it. outlawed it, right? Because oh, they, they were like, "This guy's." Dunked. It was outlawed then. Yes, yes. Okay. it was. You and then when, was dunk. It, when did it come back? Uh, right about the time Kareem was starting or finishing up, this one of the two. So mid sixties. Yeah. This guy. Who... They they allowed it back because it, they figured that it would bring some. An, Excitement back to the right. game. I think that's true. One of my favorite stories I ever heard about uh, about Will Chamberlain. <laughs> this guy was telling me we were riding a bus somewhere. I can't even remember what the hell, but I was on a bus with these guys, some band or whatever. He said, "Yeah, man, when I went to high school, it was the greatest. I was back in the day, and I played basketball, and I, everybody was just raving about how great I was at basketball, and and I just." I was going to be this big star in the NBA, and then we we played this team, and I was in the gym, and I was there's this kind of like hubbub going on. And he said, "Remember those old gyms in the days? They have a running track on mm -hmm. the second floor. There's just an open running track." This guy walks in and hands his coat to his girlfriend who's uh, on the table. <laughs> he goes, uh-oh, my career's over. <laughs> he hands his coat to somebody on the second floor. Here, hold on to this. <laughs> what a great story that is. Alingan Mitra with us, ladies and gentlemen, from Worcester, Massachusetts. That's all you need to know. That's it, yeah. That's right. So how old was your dad when he decided he went from engineering to tax preparation? Mm, I don't. Or tax? Was it tax preparation or tax law? Yeah, it was. Ta it was uh, tax preparation. Preparation. Okay. I would probably it was like early, early thirties. So he was in his early thirties. 
Yeah, probably early 30s. Well, that's a pretty bold move. He already had, did he already have a family and the whole deal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an immediate, like, I'm doing scientists but, and now I'm doing, but he started the business out of, like, the basement of his office, or basement of the, our house, and uh, and then transitioned. So he would do that at night, basically, and then as, as it grew, he slowly transitioned and then um, then moved entirely into tax practice. So. I mean, seriously, that, that's got to hand it to him. He decided what he wanted to do, and he got it done without, you know, harming anyone else on, along the way. So yeah, especially coming from a different country, like tax right. laws, as <laughs> you would right, not expect exactly. it at all. Yeah. Although, detect, could I uh, call your dad and talk to him about the uh, tax laws they just changed with the new tax plan? Because it's really great. <laughs> you can't write off your state taxes. You can't write off your property taxes. You can't write off any state or local taxes over MAGA. What? <laughs> it is man. It is MAGA. MAGA. Is it MAGA so you know, or MAGA? I don't know. It's MAGA. Yeah, MAGA I've always wondered. I, apparently, I'm wearing my ultra liberal hat right now, <laughs> yes, so you I'll get blasted. The newspaper. No, you're wearing for that. you're wearing your taxpayer outfit. <laughs> I just cannot believe that all of this time you could write off your state taxes, your property taxes, state and local taxes, salt, state and local taxes. That's what, and you can't write off any of it anymore. You know that some people are going to lose. A couple of hundred thousand dollars because of that. What was the benefit of this? Change it was this? to punish New York, New Jersey, and California. And California. It was to punish high tax states because so, they didn't vote for him. So in four years, the next guy comes in and wipes that off the books. I certainly hope so. <laughs> that would be really wonderful. You never thought you would see something like that out of a supposed conservative. But he's not a conservative. No. He's always he's vindictive. Fact, That's what he is. He's very vindictive. He's, he's a rogue like, agent. He's just like Jesse. He's just vindictive. Yeah, he's like but, mm. See, that's the whole thing. Yeah, Jesse's not really left or right. He's just Vindic- weird. We had to go with Jesse Ventura, Al Franken. <laughs> now we got Donald Trump. It's like a real thrill around here with these celebrity <laughs> politicians. You started it. I started you it. You started it. That that's is true. Right? It is my fault. You're right. Running. These guys all thought it was so funny on the morning show running. in the 90s. Hey, let's get, right. let's get Jesse in. And it was like, uh, well, we ran past <laughs> not Jesse, it was Mark Rosen. I was thinking Rosen of, uh, and then yeah, Mark Rosen. Who's Mark Rosen? He oh. was a sports guy on my show, and I ran him for governor on the show. And he ended up getting like 60,000 votes or something. <laughs> he got a ton of votes. Yeah. But then Jesse Ventura went, well, wait a minute. If you got that many votes, I bet you I could get a lot more. And then he got elected. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that episode of Black Mirror where the cartoon bear runs? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's... it's just a real it's a real heartbreaker. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Put up with that whole deal. It really does uh, shine a light on how politics is, though, doesn't it? Yeah, because we, we, it want, does. we, want, to elect, we want to elect good-looking people. We want to elect stars. It started with the Kennedys. Yeah. They people we've heard of. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, but that's why, why John F. Kennedy was elected because he was a good-looking guy from a, a, a known family mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, that's why I voted for Trump. He's so good-looking. Because <laughs> than the hairstyle. Yeah, you know, I even don't think the hairstyle is that bad. I feel like people give him crap on that. Yeah, the hair is kind of like <laughs> his least uh, distinguishable feature. Yeah. It's just like you the know, hairs. very standard hair. Well, mm-hmm. when he was a kid, he was a very handsome kid. I've never seen him younger than, like, 50. No, when he was in his 30s, he was a very good Yeah, when he was becoming rich and then going bankrupt and whatnot. I love the fact I I got a small loan from my father. Really? You think $14 million is a small (laughs) loan? Is that what? That's a tiny loan from your dad, $14 million? 
I don't know. These politicians, I, I don't really lean left or right. I just think they're all disgusting. I really do. They just serve the people, will you? Whatever happened to serve the people? I know. we got to ask Jesse. <laughs> bring him back. We'll bring back Jesse. <laughs> well, Jesse would do things that Jesse want, like he turned off all the meter ramps. Remember? He yes, he, he turned Well, those things are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's a good policy. But he was lowered license plate fees on old cars, <laughs> right. too. And he got rid he of an old Porsche. Because he had an old Porsche. He and he got it. rid of all the emission <laughs> yeah, tests. That's right. He got rid of emission tests? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he has an old car. You can't, you know. <laughs> old he got don't. an old 911, so he <laughs> shut down the emissions uh, testing. And that was kind of a waste of money actually but it was all honestly got more me now whatever affects me i'm gonna change yeah. that's what it was it, yeah. it, it was just unbelievable and i think that's kind of what trump is doing now and i think that's what they all everybody does you know what i'd really like is when i pay my taxes if you could not use my money to go buy votes for yourself mm-hmm. that'd be really nice if you didn't do that i would enjoy that there's me and uh, raf were talking as we were trying to park when we pulled up how about plow the street Plowing the street to be while well, you mountain man over there. Hey, that's why you I saw where you car. parked today. You're parked about five feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> he drives a jeep, so he parked in this huge snowbank. <laughs> like, God. You, you jack up that four wheel drive, boom, you know, up yeah. and over. Unbelievable. Yeah, make a point. You're amazing. There's no doubt about it. You get quite a bit of snow in Worcester, Massachusetts, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, especially where up on the hills, we get even yeah. more snow than like Boston generally. I would imagine. And you grew up in Lexington? Yeah. Which is... Well, it's Paul Revere yeah. whipped right through there. Yeah. It's Thanks for the history. Depending. <laughs> it's 12 miles from downtown Boston. About. I did learn something, though, a month ago when Catherine and I were in Key West. I did know I find out that Harry Truman wanted to move the capital of the United States to Key West. Really? Yeah, he wanted to, and they just wouldn't let him do it. Had Harry he Truman to... never heard of hurricanes? I don't think he cares. That could have wiped that place out in seconds. <laughs> well, not only that, it's not protected. It's not. No, you could just no, no, it's protected. Well, you could just sail right up and yeah, bombard it if you wanted. So well, uh, DC's not. DC's not much. Yeah, you're right. Not much different. Uh, not much different than. Oh, that. but you'd still need to like you know go through the you know rest of the country on land or in the air, whereas no. whereas the ocean is just like you know the ocean is big. You DC's on the ocean. Is it? Well, yeah, but right, the, it's, it's a pretty. Ocean. It's yeah. not the same as being literally surrounded by the ocean like Key West. Oh, like is. Key West is. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very true. But it was so interesting. We went. I had never. I'd been to every key except for Key West. So we finally said, "Well, let's go to Key West." Absolutely loved it. Thought it was fantastic. And this whole thing about, oh, you know, it's so over the top. It's not over the top at all. That I. I you guys. You ever been to Key West? I haven't. No. It's not over the top at all. It's just like anywhere else. You should probably finish your thought because he has no idea what you're talking about. Well, no, I just, just said it's over the top. No, just the, the the society, the people that live on Key West are all very, you know, flamboyant in one way or another. They're rich or they're this or they're gay or whatever. It was no different than anywhere else I've ever been, ever. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't well, know. Well, it is isolated, so people are probably just, you know. They're like mansions and things, though, right? Is that not? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Key West is very weird in that it's there's lots of uh, very, very poor places and very, very rich places all in that tiny little area. It's a good place to be homeless, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's true. It wouldn't be bad at all. Although, the only disappointment about going to Key West, and I'm very serious about this, 
Oh, and people said, oh, God, don't ever go to Key West on Halloween. It's like being in Minneapolis on Halloween. Who cares? What's the difference? Um, but uh, Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway's house is a dump. And that kind of broke my heart. I thought, Ernest Hemingway's house, man, this is going to be great. It's hard to imagine an alcoholic novelist would have a, a bad shack. <laughs> the weird thing about it was, is the steps are about that deep. Mm-hmm. So you can get about half your foot on a step. And then if you're going to go upstairs, if you need to use the handrail, you have to lean over. Because people were so, this house was built in, I think, 1870. A lot of parts of New England are like that, too. And the oh, doorways yeah. oh, are yeah. like five sure, and a half yeah. feet yeah. high. And small and yep. colonial. Absolutely. But it's really weird trying to walk up a flight of stairs because you're on your tiptoes the whole way up. <laughs> but yeah, older uh, Ernest, uh, he sure wanted the world to know that he was manly. I don't know what what was that all about. Was that just the time? Yeah, between or, World War One and World War Two, that you had to be I'm a manly man. Probably doing yeah. manly things aboard a manly ship <laughs> because there's you know visiting manly fish ports. that he would catch, and then he'd shoot these massive elk and moose and. Well, it Teddy was, Roosevelt, that's like basically all he did was ride around on a horse and shoot things. Yeah, that's pretty much what was that. his, that's, What know. was Ernest Hemingway's stature? Was he a tall guy, short guy? No, he was not. He was kind of medium yeah, size. Yeah, he was kind of medium size guy, yeah. I think he was probably 5'8 or 5'9 or something. He had about uh, 15 marriages, but other than that, everything was good. No, did he shoot himself because he was impotent? But I know he suffered from depression, but I, I was told to remember that, that that was. I was told the reason he killed himself. Was, aren't you glad you came in for this? Yeah, no, this is <laughs> man, yeah. Um, You're not I'll taking write, notes. I'll write you a prescription for some Prozac before you <laughs> leave. The only reason I knew about this is because my father went through the same thing, that uh, Ernest Hemingway suffered from depression, so they gave him shock treatment, oh. which pretty much wipes out your memory, mm-hmm. which means you're not a very good writer anymore because uh, you know, most writing is based on personal experience mm-hmm. and memory, um, even if... Uh, it's complete fiction. It's still your experience in life. Well, he didn't have that anymore, so apparently that's why he killed himself. Oh, so he like realized that he didn't have what he had before. That he just uh, he couldn't write any longer. I he, I can't do what I do, and hmm. he. But you know, the shotgun in the mouth is not the route I'd be. <laughs> well, it's definitive. I will tell you this: if if they you ever find miss, me, though, right? Not if it's in your mouth. Yeah. No, he put it in his mouth. Uh-huh. All right, good, good topic of conversation. <laughs> well, I just want to close it with, with this. this. <laughs> if I, yeah, that's right. That's nice. Like that. that's right. If you ever find me dead somewhere, unless the bullet went through my heart, I didn't do it. I would never shoot myself in the head. Oh, my God. You can miss if you shoot in the temple, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, there, oh, yeah. That's where you miss. There's a lot of bad injuries that they see yep. here at the hospitals oh, where people yeah. attempted suicide mm-hmm. that's gone bad just horrific things and, yeah, they, make, and then those folks they're in worse shape yeah than right. to begin with because they have to deal with this yeah or horrible deformities well well the one person in the mayo clinic who uh had the face transplant he tried yeah. to kill himself he shot yeah. his face off with a shotgun yep exactly oh he's yeah. on his third face now isn't he well, i'm not making it i think he's on his third face they just did a third face transplant oh man it's just it, it just doesn't want to take it's there's just, a lon cheney joke in there somewhere <laughs> The man with a thousand faces. Thank you. You know, you always do these references that only I know of. It's right. really nice. He shows my age. We're unbelievable. Or mine, I guess. Oh, no. All right, I'll tell him. So this woman walks in a couple of years ago. We're sitting around. And she goes over and shakes Doug's hand and goes, 
Well, it's so nice to meet Tom's son. <laughs> Tom's <laughs> son. Here's the punchline. Tell him what she did. She was a, 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 a what do you She's call them? A medium, a psychic. <laughs> yeah, she was a psychic. <laughs> so that was kind of a problem for her. I guess you're not that psychic because he's not my son and he's only nine years younger than I am. But other than that, you know, lady, I had a baby when I was nine. Yeah. That'd be a bit depressing. Okay, we're gonna, we'll are gonna we be back in a couple of minutes, but we're going to do... <laughs> Is cheer up quite, yes, quite a bit. Please. Yeah, we'll cheer things up a little bit. I think. How, how's the show doing? You selling the shows out? Yeah, I think so. I think. I thought uh, so. Yeah. yeah, Friday, Saturday, generally. I think uh, those you are first shows on. So, yeah. Yep. But the, the the late shows are not. I think the late shows still have tickets available. Okay, but not many. I know. Are you downstairs? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Happening, yep. yep. So we'll check and see. Matter of fact, we'll check and see how ticket sales are because I don't. Uh, you need to get your tickets now because they're going. The, first, the opening shows for tonight and tomorrow are sold out, and uh, you need to get your tickets for the late shows because they're going fast as well. So we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Which picture? We're hey, up I now. Okay, they don't care, apparently. Media, oh, you did. Tom Bernard Show with no one. Hey, Catherine's a big fan of TV. We're up. We're up. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, God, you know, there used to be music playing back when this was a professional outfit, but, you know, I, uh... Can't so anyway, I just was telling Doug how much I hated him, but... <laughs> Again. Well, actually, I use that, I use it on Bilski, so I can't use it on YouTube. <laughs> I've never liked you. Aha, uh-huh. Alingan Mitra with us, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. Both of the early shows sold out, and tickets are selling quickly for the 10.30 shows as well. So you definitely want to get over there. And we've talked about the fact that uh, I, I have yet to meet someone who does not like working at Acme. Yeah, it's the, it's the best. Uh, I, I tell, but like, I, I work in New York, so I'm hanging out right. in comics. Whenever right. I mention that I'm coming to Acme, they're all jealous. <clears throat> yeah, so it's I mean, a great club. There was a guy I ran into down at the uh, Improv in, in West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever worked there or not. Matter of fact, I think TJ's going to be there in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I was seeing uh, 
Paul Mercurio. Sure, yeah. You know, we talked about it. Paul was down there, and Paul's an old friend. I've known him for years and years. There, he had a couple of openers, and one of the guys opening for him came over. He said, uh, hey, Tom, I just want to introduce myself. And I said, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. He goes, so are you and Paul are good friends? I said, yeah, I've known Paul for years. Really good guy. He said, uh, do you know Do you know Lewis Lee? I said, <laughs> yeah, I know Lewis really well. As a matter of fact, my podcast is in the same building as uh, Acme. Oh man, I would I would love to work at Acme Center. I said, "Where are you from?" And he goes, well, "From Florida here." But his dream is to, to work, work at, at Acme. Acme. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's an it's an oasis because you go through a lot of clubs where they don't really care as much about the comedy, but Lewis and all the people at Acme that give it the like the due respect that we comics can you with you know can you tell by the name of the club like is there ever one called (laughs) chuckle house that's good or do they all suck no it's surprising like sometimes the it'll be a terrible name and they'll treat the comedy well and sometimes it'll be like a good name and you're just like oh this is not the place to do it and yeah (laughs) it's a good so what do they do i mean without naming any clubs what do they do that how do you open a comedy club and you don't care about the comedy? I I ask myself that all the time when I'm there. I feel like sometimes people just like back into owning a comedy oh, club yeah, or something. Maybe. You know, there's some strange reason it, that they have a comedy club. Is it some places just do it to like just to sell drinks? Well, yeah, exactly right. The, yeah, I suppose the model is more for turning over food and drinks, drinks than it yeah. is for like creating good comedy in a good environment. So. Yeah. Well, but that will collapse eventually because there's, you know, why go to a comedy club if it's all it is is basically a restaurant where you can't talk to one another? So. Yeah, you'd, you'd think it would collapse, <laughs> but it's yeah. uh, like if you're if you're giving away tickets and things like that, people or it's like, in a in a venue where there's more tourists, people are just like coming through, you know, yeah. has anyone ever tried to model where the tickets are free, but the f- so they make all their money off the food. Yeah, I mean, there's that'd a, be an interesting. There's, uh, a, there's a lot of clubs that will, you know, quote unquote, paper the room. That's where you're giving away the tickets, um, but then you're being charged for the food and the drinks. That's that's pretty common. Does that work? Yeah, that's that that is that is a very popular model. Mm. But what ends up happening is you devalue the comedy then because mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah. I don't really care about who's yeah, performing. That's true. Yeah, um, it would be interesting if the reverse happened. Where they were like, okay, we'll give you a free food or free drinks, but you pay for the ticket. So now you're like valuing the comedy, but um, <clears throat> it just, just doesn't. <clears throat> Have you ever done a place that's like a restaurant, ninety percent of the time, mm-hmm. and then has a comic in on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty common, actually. In Boston, uh, a lot of comedy rooms started in Chinese restaurants. So you'd have, like, yeah, like, uh, there's a a couple of places. One, the the original place called Ding Ho, where a lot of, like, uh, Boston, like, uh, original stalwarts came out of, was a Chinese restaurant. And then there was a place called the Comedy Studio in Cambridge that was out of the Hong Kong restaurant. Um, For some reason, Chinese food and comedy work well enough. I gotta tell Lewis Lee that he should serve <laughs> Chinese. <food. laughs> no, but the reason why I asked that, yeah. and the restaurant is now closed or is closing. Pepitos. Yeah, that whole fa- that was like two, two or three generations of people. Right. A Mexican. It, restaurant it was a Mexican t- restaurant uh-huh. in yeah. South Minneapolis, but Sunday nights they would have comedy. Yeah. Just out of the blue. Yeah. And it's it's like, a good restaurant too. Yeah. 
And they had good comedy, too. Because Joe, I think Joe's retiring. Isn't that why they're closing it? Yeah. So yeah. are they going to close the restaurant? But somebody else bought the restaurant, didn't they? I, that I'm not sure. I think. I'm not sure. Because they moved some of the stuff to the, the Riverview uh, movie theater right next door. Some of the comedy shows. At least people knew that there was going to be comedy. Because a lot of times what ends up happening when you're starting off is like you're in a bar and you're going to do a show. And the people oh. there don't even know. <laughs> And oh. all of a sudden, somebody goes up on a mic and announces it. Like, hey, guys, there's comedy here tonight. And everybody's just like, well, this is not what I'm here for. And then you're just well, like holding them the hostage. Game. Yeah. Turn up the game. Uh, unfortunately, that night, it was um, it was a Sunday. And I was in my early 30s. And I was playing Sunday softball with a bunch of friends, some from uh, college and whatnot. And that was our, like, place to go eat and drink after playing. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and it was like, oh, they're going to have comedy tonight. <laughs> and they kept hyping up the comic. He had been on this show and that show. Oh, and yeah. Was it TJ? No, it wasn't TJ. <laughs> <laughs> but the poor guy just bombed. Ah, uh, sure, yeah. And it just, and one, the, the <laughs> our team was mostly black and Hispanic, but we had one white guy. And the one white guy was the guy. He was the one heckling the comic throughout the show. Oh man! Was, and the comic was also white. It's like, yeah, it's not. Where's what weird land have I landed in right now? Where everything you know. And this is like, at a Mexican restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, and that's what you're looking for right there. Are, are there a lot of places? One thing. The first time I was ever in Acme. Many, many years ago, I walked in, and I was shocked at how close the front row is to the stage. Because mm-hmm. most places, that'd be really uncomfortable, I think. For some reason, it works. At, why does that work at Acme? Because in most places, it wouldn't work that well. Yeah, You know, it's interesting. The way Acme is designed is kind of ideal for a comedy room, where you've got the low ceilings, people are very uh. close together and you're very close to the stage there's there's something in comedy where the farther away you are from the stage it's like a, it's known as like the moat where you just lose the comedy like the laugh just dies in that moat so the closer people are the better it is for comedians yeah and it, but other people at least what i've heard other people have tried that and maybe it is that the ceiling does have the, the the height of the ceiling has something to do with that mm-hmm. because they try to put people right up next to the stage and it doesn't seem to work, but maybe it's because they got, you know, the high ceilings or if there's a, first of all, the, the acoustics are really good at acting mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of maybe, and maybe, maybe again, because of the low ceiling, but it's, uh, the only thing about Acme, like <laughs> I'm not a big fan of is they will tell you, and it's usually it's the comedian themselves saying, Hey, look! I'm I'm doing a new special, and uh, we're recording the show tonight. It's like, oh, don't tell people that. Mm-hmm. Don't because then you got a guy next to you, and it's like, oh, their recording is going to be on a national uh, national recording. It's going to be great. So they laugh like this. Ah! It's like, oh, please don't do that. Yeah. I had a guy. Well, and Bobby Slayton. Yeah. I, I don't know oh. if you were at that show that night. The guy in front of me kept repeating the jokes word oh, for word. Oh, I hate that. Right after oh, the comic says right it. Right after he says it, this guy would repeat what the comic <laughs> just said. It's like, Bobby, I blame you. That's all I have to say. Now, it's it, it just... What I was told by Lewis Lee, and I didn't know this either, he said, when Tom, when you started 30... No, it's now 33 years ago. 
nobody had ever talked to comedians on the radio before in this town. Mm. Now, I assume they had in other towns. I don't know. But it just seemed like a natural to me that you would have comedians on a morning radio show. But apparently they had never done it before. And there are still not many in town that do it, are there? I mean, you got John Hines, who's an old friend of mine, does it at CCO. Yeah. Are there any other? I, I don't know in this market what, how I don't it works. Think so. yeah. I don't think anybody, is there anybody else that does mm, it, JB? No. no. Why not? Probably can't handle it. Probably. Yeah, maybe. No, they just want them to come in and do their act. Yeah. Which, which is, is the you, you worst thing. That. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> It, I, I could understand maybe it's like, oh, we're a little – it depends on who you bring in, obviously, but it's a little bit of a wild card on like a morning radio show if somebody's going to, I don't know, start swearing or something. Yeah. You get delay, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. You should be able to manage it. But I that's – The only guy the – there's only one guy that I literally have to say, if you don't leave now, I am going to kill you. <laughs> he was such a jerk what the hell was his name <laughs> i again? can't think of that guy's name oh, but i God. know what you're talking he about he disappeared man <laughs> i mean i don't know his career disappeared that's what i mean that. he just uh, he was just he sits down and he says i don't feel like being funny today <laughs> i was like what i said hey you know it's fine we can talk about other things where he goes nah i just i just don't feel it i don't feel it i just don't feel like being funny today I said, well, you're doing a good job of that, so that, you know, that's a <laughs> yeah, good you're thing. you're really nailing it. Yeah, I just figured I'd try to loosen him up a little bit. Yeah. He said, yeah, I don't, I don't even know why I do radio shows because I, all I have to do is hop on social media and I sell places out, so I don't really even know what I'm doing here. Mm. So I said, you got to go. Yeah, and there's no reason for you to be here. Yeah, there's no reason for you to be here. you got to go. What was his name? Colin something. Colin. I don't know. God, what a, oh, God, <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. It's like, why would you come in and do that? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. I, but it, it must have been recent then, because if it was like a social media era. It was the last No, oh, it was like, three three, years yeah, three, about three, about four three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, so what, it wasn't like 15 years ago or something. No, right. no, it was like three or four years ago. And the guy was just being weird as hell, and then he just disappeared. So I don't know if he just popped a bolt or what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost his mind. Because yeah, he didn't, he didn't. Do any shows? Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. He left town. He left town. Oh, he went to the airport he, like, and left. Fled town. the, <laughs> fled yeah. the city. He and, did. And they had to bring his career. They had to bring in his career. Had to bring in an emergency act. Wow. Yeah, they brought in Jimmy. They brought in. Uh, uh, who the hell did they bring in? Oh, I remember. Was it Schubert? No. It yeah, Jimmy Schubert. They brought him in. They flew him. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah, I know Jimmy from Last Comic Standing. Yeah, Jimmy's great guy. So they had to fly him in to do the shows because <laughs> the guy went to the air. He left the radio station. He went straight from from the radio station <laughs> to the airport. I just like, what are you what? doing? Oh, that's a great story. This is uh, honestly that is like a dream of mine, though. <laughs> just to do it, just, now. To, just to do it once. Just, just to do it once. Now that guy is talked about. Yeah, but, but I can't remember, remember, his, name. remember, his, can't remember name. his name and everybody hates him. But uh, I was calling something. Calling. But, but if someone does that, that's a sign of a real problem. Yeah, he he, he had some emotional problems. I don't know what they were just, caused just, by, or maybe you know, if a you're a comedian or something, and that's your job to say, oh, I'm just don't feel like being funny. That's it's it's just I don't know. It's a comedian. You don't feel like being funny. It's just that's that's what you. It's part of what you're what doing. You are, I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You <laughs> might be run down. You might be worn out. You might be depressed. There might be things on your mind. But still, you have 
you have this energy or you have this work to do. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, like the stage is generally like that place where you can yeah. put that stuff aside. Yeah. You know? That's why you, you're in the business you're in, yeah. I would have said. Colin Kane, that was his name. That's, yeah, that's it. Colin it. Kane. Oh, that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you remember him, huh? No, I don't. I don't know. He, but I don't know what happened to him. He, I think he was on... Uh, I, think, I think he's on Chelsea's show. Yes, I yes. think he was. Yeah, I think he was on Chelsea's show. I think that's exactly right. She was not exactly a great guest either. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a handful. <laughs> I think she's funny. I I haven't, I haven't seen. Oh, I don't know if her, sh- her show didn't. Her show on Netflix. I don't got think, canceled. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, she, I didn't she's really... hard to work with. I guess is it? That's what they tell me. <laughs> she was hard to interview, and I don't know. You know, I've, you've been on the show a couple of times, and I pretty much let people talk about whatever they want to talk about. You want to be serious, and then be serious, and you want to do comedy. That's great. Yeah. So, but she was she was difficult. She yeah, was that really... I never understand. Like. If, I get it if you're being forced into, like, doing bits, right? right. And you're like, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. But if you're just being spoke, like, having a conversation, who right. cares what's going on? It's very rare, though. I usually have a lot of fun. Uh, I would say they're handful. What, don't you think? Yeah. Maybe about a handful of people who are just a pain in the ass. Andy Rooney was the biggest oh, jerk yeah. I ever my Andy career. Rooney? Oh, what a horrible human <laughs> being. Oh, what a terrible guy. I thought you would have put Shirley McLean at the top Shirley of the Shirley didn't. Yeah, but that wasn't her fault. She just didn't like me. <laughs> I mean, so I understand. It's like, what did I, Andy Rooney do? Uh, he comes on, and I uh, said, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Rooney, uh, 60 Minutes, uh, he has a new book out, and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, Mike Gelfand, who was also on the show, said something. He goes, oh, takes two of you to do this show, huh? Like, well, I don't know about that. but uh, And then he just went off on, so what, what was he? Well, I think you said there's a lot more of us, too. Yeah, there's a lot more of us, too. That's because right. there's, a, there's about six yeah, to eight people on a, on a given day. Okay. <clears throat> so and then he said something about, uh, well, I just uh, I don't know how comfortable I am with all of that. I said, well, it got to the point that it was just it was not going to happen. So I said, <laughs> why don't we just uh, do this interview at another time? Right. And he said, oh, how about never? <laughs> I said, how about you're an asshole? How about that? <laughs> oh, Andy, I ran over again. I'm sorry. Andy's got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Linga Mitra, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight and tomorrow, 8 and 10.30. Great to see you again, my friend. Likewise, Appreciate likewise. you coming in. We'll I'm be back. fleeing the country now. But. <laughs> yeah, I can leave the country. We'll be back to Ombardard.